Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Not Another Mummy podcast. I'm Alison Perry and you're listening to episode 39. Welcome back. Uh, this week's episode of the podcast will hopefully leave you feeling really inspired. My guest is Susie Ashworth, who is a mum of four and a mindset and business coach for women. She's one of those people who you spend half an hour with and it's like her positivity and energy just rubs off on you. I chatted to Susie about her family life, how being fostered herself has influenced how she brings up her kids, and we chat about her raising her three biological children and her teenage stepson, and she tells me why she has a parenting coach. We also discuss how to live a limitless life, which is one of the main things that Susie helps her clients work towards. It was a truly enlightening chat, and I'm really hoping that you get lots from it. Um, welcome, Susie, to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Um, for anyone who doesn't know who you are and follows you on Instagram or you know, uh, or social media, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Because you, you you started off by founding the Calm Birth School, didn't you, a few years yeah. ago? Um, and now you've moved on to doing that. You're a mindset and business mentor for women. Yeah, is that a good way of describing what you do. Well, the way I describe it is, I'm a mindset messaging and miracle mentor for women in business. That sounds amazing. <laughs> that sounds like sign me up now. <laughs> come join. Come join. <laughs> Yeah, I want to help as many women as possible achieve I suppose it's economic freedom, really, so that they can live a life of limitless experiences. And the type of people that I love working with, they are soul-driven, passionate. They just want to make a big impact, a positive impact in the world. Yeah, so. that's so nice. That's brilliant. And how did you move from being you know, being involved with the Calm Breath School to what you're doing now? How did that... That's yeah. quite a transition, isn't it? Well, yes and no, because when I launched the Calm Birth School, which was co-founded with another lady, um, it was really exciting. So it was the world's first video-based hypnobirthing program. And at the time, it was like there was KG, Marie Mongan and um, the Wise Hippo. And there was this new kid on the block. And so it was really easy, actually, to make a big splash. And people were like what are you doing? And it's online and can it really work? And so people were really curious. And 
at that time, there were pre and postnatal specialists were like, oh, you've gone online mm. and you've built up this audience and how have you done it? And because of my background, which is um, um, media, I used to work at The Guardian, all of the stuff that I had learned there in terms of advertising sales and looking at brands and seeing how they positioned themselves in a unique way, all of that came through in the building of the Calm Birth School brand. So when people started asking, how do you do that? I was like, oh, you do it like this, you do it like that. And all of a sudden I was mentoring, particularly at that point, baby business owners, so people that were in the pre and postnatal world. At what point did did you think, right, hang on a minute, this could be what I do? quite early on did you yeah you really strike me as somebody who you know really kind of comes up with these ideas and you're really sharp and on it rather than just bumbling along like I might and be like yes I'll help you for free come (laughs) I do I do help people for free but I still yeah when I have an idea and I think this comes from I just think life is too short Mm. and so it's like oh that looks good let's go for it let's see how it's gonna pan out so uh, yeah when I when I have an idea I do run with it yeah that's amazing um okay so family life you're a mum of four aren't Mm. you um how would you describe yourself as a mum I'm the strict one. Are you? Yeah. That surprises me. Yeah, I'm the strict one. Dad's the fun one. And it does my head in sometimes because <laughs> I'm a bit like, I am fun, but I'm really, I just, I care. I probably, in this area more than any other area of my life, I'm very thinking about who they're going to be in the future. Mm. And so having clear boundaries and being respectful and taking responsibility all of that stuff that you don't really care about when you're seven five two and 14 I'm like on that which I'm sure is quite boring and naggy for them that's really interesting though that you that you describe it like that because I think so many of us are probably guilty of looking at parenting in terms of the moment Mm. and the fact you know um, I am your mum and you know, the experiences that we're having right now and reacting to things in the moment. Whereas the way you describe it, you're really talking about shaping them as yeah. as little humans yeah. and being aware that everything you do will have an impact on, yeah. on them. I think the interesting thing about that is the struggle that I have is as somebody who is passionate, who is fierce and who, you know, I don't... I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. Am I allowed to swear? Like, you can swear. <laughs> like to take any shit and I have you know I've given birth three times to three kids who are also very fierce and you don't mess with them and I love that but I also hate that and the struggle between being the adult and not being triggered so I had a situation with my 14 year old who is my stepson a couple of weeks ago and we had this big explosive argument and then it kind of came down and we were both settled Mm. and I was like I hate the fact that when I'm arguing with you I revert to my 15 year old self (laughs) I'm like in my head I'm like stop stop speaking stop speaking he's being irrational yeah at one point I was like I feel like I'm in a twilight zone like why can you not hear me I mean it was crazy and then I you know when we calmed down I was like I went back to being a kid so here when I'm being rational I know that I just, I want them to be 
inspired to be good human beings Mm. in the moment sometimes I can be as much of a dick as what they're being (laughs) it's hard isn't it yeah I think especially when you're when you are young yourself you kind of think that parents have all the answers and then when you become that grown-up that parent you're like oh yeah (laughs) no yeah like we're still learning like all the time we're making mistakes yeah and one thing I've kind of learned to do with my seven-year-old is to say sorry. So if I realise oh, that I've made a mistake or that I have said something I shouldn't have, it's so important to say sorry. Yeah. Because I think that, I don't know what it was like when you were growing up, but that's not really something that I ever experienced mm. with my parents. Mm. Like it's, They possibly saw it as showing a weakness. Yeah. Whereas I think that if you do show a bit of vulnerability and a bit of honesty with your kids, yeah. it's only a good thing, isn't yeah. it? I, that's the shaping part that is being able to demonstrate I don't have all of the answers and sometimes I do get it wrong and when a person gets something wrong they need to apologize otherwise how can I say to them if they've done something that I perceive to be wrong you need to apologize I want to be the example and sometimes it's a bad example in the first instance, that I then have to rectify. Yeah. And I certainly, particularly with the 14, we've just turned 15, 15 year old, that is, you know, that's how we're muddling through right now is really just, okay, yeah, sometimes I mess up. Mm. And being able to show him that I know when I've messed up is really important to me because at the moment he thinks he knows it all well you do at that age don't you it's the arrogance of youth it's like you don't know this you don't know that it's like no but I'm also accepting that that is part of his journey yeah and I'm looking forward to when he's not wishing his life away but when he is a little bit older and he can go Oh, with interestingly, I think I only came out of that phase in my 30s. So I'm like 39. I think I'm pretty sure I spent the whole of my 20s thinking I knew it all. I think that I came out of that younger because I lost my foster mother at the age of 19. And I think that when you lose somebody who who brought me up, I was essentially her child. When Mm. you lose somebody that young, it changes your perspective on who you are as an adult and who you want to be yeah and so I think that even though I was obviously still very much growing up I immediately because I still felt very connected to her even though she wasn't around Mm. I immediately knew that there was something more and life didn't all revolve around me there was something bigger than me that I was a part of and I think that because of that I I got it that I I was always going to be learning. Yeah. Mm. Um, and being fostered, how, how has that helped shape the way that you bring up your kids? Do you think that you've been influenced by that experience? Yeah, yes, I think that I have been influenced by it. Like I am in awe of anybody who fosters, adopts or similarly becomes a step parent because it's a whole different skill set, I think, than bringing up children that you have born Mm. um but at the same time I also often think they were a lot better than me at this (laughs) they were a lot more giving and kind and I think that that's just part of the mother's guilt that 
I go through when I do mess up. Also, it's a rose tinted glasses thing going on there. Of course. Where you're remembering the amazing times or the times when you felt that they were being brilliant parents to you, but for a whole load of other times (laughs) that weren't so good. Yeah, 100%. I think, and it's true because I believe that the reason I do the work that I do is because of one, the way they brought me up so that they always said yes. And so even though we did not have a lot of money at all, um, that never stopped me. So I played the flute, I played the cello, I would do the athletics. If I wanted to do drama or go into plays, they would take me to the auditions. They always said yes. Mm. And so I grew up with an attitude of why not? Um, um, they just gave me a lot of freedom and so now when it comes to trying new things I'm like well why not why wouldn't I and I really credit them with that and I think also losing them young and not really feeling like they died feeling completely fulfilled and that they completely lived life to the full that also inspires me Mm. and who I am and how I show up in the world yeah so on those two fronts yeah absolutely I think that I'm very conscious of wanting to say yes more yeah um um, and knowing that the mistakes because I made a lot of mistakes that's all part of the journey yeah and I couldn't have made those mistakes if they had been more restrictive so it's again it's that balance between not wanting them to go out there get completely wrecked and do all of the things that teenagers do but also knowing that if that is their journey that that also is going to shape who they are as adults and fingers crossed my husband and I would have done enough that they come out of the other side yeah. as well-adjusted human beings but it's scary yeah oh my goodness it so is mm-hmm. you mentioned saying yes more um, and quite often we're told that we should be saying no more. Mm. So where do you find that balance between being open to new experiences, but being sensible and thinking about what's right for you? Yeah, I think that for me, the yeses come whenever I feel that they're going beyond their comfort zone. I'm like, yeah, of course you can do it. Yeah, of course you can jump down there. Mm. You're not going to die. Mm. You're going to be fine. And I'm always encouraging that rather than wanting to protect them more yeah I think that where I say no a lot even between them as siblings is just them finding their own dynamic and the power dynamic between the kids yeah and them being respectful to each other is really important like the idea of bringing up our kids and them not loving each other or not liking each other when they get older that scares the bejesus that happens all the time it happens all the time and I think that that's devastating and so it's really for me I'm like normal sibling behavior is you love each other you hate each other you love each other you hate each other you love each other but remembering that in the moment can be tough sometimes Mm. and you know I'm like just be nice to each other like why are you arguing be kind Um, which are not bad messages, but sometimes they have to... I think that it is right to also allow them to find themselves and their voices in those challenging moments. Yeah. And how do you find that the dynamic works with having your stepson 
as well as your other other kids how does that work in terms of day-to-day family life for me or for them both for them they love it and they have a really I mean he's 15 so he's seven going on eight years older than the young the my eldest one so you know they're not all hanging out and being best buddies (laughs) but they do love each other and he has a real real beautiful affection and affinity for our youngest who is two and I love Mm. seeing that from a we are really trying to navigate having a teenager Mm. and really understanding what is normal teenage behavior versus what is abnormal teenage behaviour? And, you know, as teenagers, we are going through so many different chemical, hormonal changes. We're all a bit abnormal. Yeah. So that bit's hard, actually, particularly as he's only been with us for a year. So we didn't have that, the relationship. Yeah, that gradual shift. Yeah. It was just like, okay, teenager. Welcome to Teenage World. And it was like, ah, we're not ready for this. Yeah. We haven't got a clue. Yeah. So, yeah, well, I would say that we find it really challenging, actually. Yeah. Even just, like, how much time should they spend in their room? How much time should, you know, he be spending with the family? How much time is too much computer time? Um, what is reasonable? Yeah. And what is, you know, for us, what is reasonable to try and implement and what is just like God, get off his case just being a teenager yeah he's just being normal hang out with you and you've got a parenting coach haven't you yeah tell me about that yeah so um we got a parenting coach when coco went to started primary school so she is coco is five so she'll be going into year one in september okay. and we thought that she was going to take to it like a duck to water and she didn't Mm. and it was really hard and in the mornings because back then Jerome was doing the school run as opposed to me in the mornings they would be horrendous she'd be in tears she would just be inconsolable and we didn't know is she playing up is she genuinely upset because we would say to the teacher how's she doing and the teacher would be like she's a little bit quiet but she's fine and it was really like oh again that fear of we want to be able to support our child and we didn't know how to do it so we employed a parenting coach and I had one-to-one sessions with her and we had a group course that we went through and then I've continued it because there's always something else there's always something else. what kind of things um you know do your, does your coach support you with I mean is it just day-to-day issues and yeah so the way that she works is she really it's all about you rather than the child okay so you don't really get any um behavioral management techniques which mm. is what Jerome's looking for right. he was like how do we get them to go to bed yes. how do we get them how to do we do... control them yeah. and get them to do what we want them to do that's what I want to know and she was like <laughs> interesting um but we did what we did learn is about how children respond when they're feeling secure versus when they're feeling insecure okay and we learned to look at what we were feeling so tantrum in the um supermarket your child is feeling insecure you're unable to manage 
her or support her in the way that she needs because you're worried about what Joe Bloggs in the corner is thinking about you. So it was really like, oh, okay. So when she gets into that space, rather than me trying to manage her, Mm. how do I need to manage myself so I can stay genuinely calm because energetically we're always picking it up, even if we're like, you know, through gritted teeth. Yeah. <laughs> you can feel my anxiety and yeah. my stress. How can I genuinely come from a place of love in my support of her? And again, it's that balance between um, um, like, just stop doing that that's my natural uh, Mm. space I want to go to to she's feeling insecure about something right now and that's triggering my insecurities how can I nurture and love myself enough so I then have something to give to her yeah and then also realizing at the end of school when they're tired and there's that all of that and you know the the Caesar and Coco are winding each other up and I've had a long day and my cup is empty. Yeah. So really just me being like, why am I not dealing with these situations better? Oh, because you're really tired. Yeah. Your cup's empty. You haven't eaten properly. You haven't. So what are all of the self-care things that you need to do? And also be aware it's really normal for them to finish school and be really tired and be winding them up, winding each other up. So be prepared for that. Have some snacks, give them something to eat as soon as they've come out of school. And just so it's those little things. But often it will be something, a flashpoint has happened and I haven't felt that I've dealt with it in the way that I want to deal with it. And so being able to talk that through and have someone say, you're not insanely bad, you're not a terrible person, um, this is how you might want to look at yourself. This is how you might want to, like with, um, um, you know, preparing for your birth. Mm. It's, you might have a stressful situation. Okay, where's your safe space? Where can I go and think in my mind, go think, breathe and bring myself down so I can then look and deal objectively with what is going on? Where do I need support? Yeah. Often it's just... I look at her as just another area of support. I have so much support in all of my life. I'm always looking for where can I get more support, and she's just an extension of that. It's amazing. Basically, I think that we all need to get a parenting coach. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Stop <laughs> going insane and yeah. get yourself up, as well as giving me some tools and strategies. Sounds incredible. Um... Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. So living a limitless life. Mm. Um, how do we do that? <laughs> Go on, tell us. I think that it is permission to um, do the things that you want to do. And before you can get to that space, it's really asking yourself, what is it that I want from my life and I think that from a a very young age we are looking to our parents for their approval and then we're looking to our peer group for their approval and very early on the things that light us up and the things that give us joy and the things that just make us feel amazing tend to get put on the back burner as we look for this approval and permission to just be from everybody else in our life. And I think quite often the women that I work with, they are in a a business and living this life that they're doing because they think that that's what they should be doing. And one of the first things that I get them to do is take time to connect with, how do I feel today? What would make me feel better or what would make me feel good? And then what would make me feel amazing? And often they know the answer to that once they've taken time to really connect with themselves, which is hard when you're a mum mm. and you're looking after the kids and you're being, you've got all of the hats on. Yeah. So even taking 10 minutes a day to really think, how do I feel right now? And what would make me feel good, better, great? And then looking at why wouldn't you do those things? Because often it's like, well, I would love to do that. That would make me feel amazing. But I can't do that because of this, this and that. And it's like, well, are those obstacles or objections really true? So it's about prioritising things. Is that, is that kind of what it's... Prioritising yourself. Yeah, yeah. Prioritising your desires. And I think what's really interesting is how that shows up in business is that you end up often saying the things that you think everybody wants to hear and saying the things that you think that you're that is going to make that person say, I want to work with that person. And when you can really reconnect with who you are and your voice and all of the steps that have taken you to where you are in your life and start sharing from that place of I'm okay and my vision is okay and I'm okay when you can start talking and communicating and messaging in that way really magical things happen and I you know I describe myself as a messaging coach it's not just messaging in business but how you talk and how you're showing up in your life the two are completely intertwined And when you give yourself permission to go there and say, I need this, I want this, or I desire that, wow. Why do you think that, because it feels a bit like we're all being hardwired to ignore those desires Mm -hmm. and to feel guilt if we focus on ourselves Mm -hmm. and, you know, we think about what we want Mm -hmm. day to day or even the bigger picture. Why is that? I think it's security. I think that when you walk a well-trodden path, it makes the people around you feel secure. 
and because we're looking for their approval and permission then if they feel secure and happy that gives us permission to be happy is why people are like I was a doctor I was a lawyer I was a solicitor it like I hated it but Mm. that's what I was told I needed to do and I think that when you have kids it's really easy to be like okay this is the responsible thing to do and the idea of doing anything that feels remotely irresponsible or not putting them at the heart of everything you do it feels like that is not how we're told to parent particularly in this day and age and I think that whilst in my circles I hear a lot of people saying fill your cup first put yourself forward you put your yourself first 99% of the population is saying well, that is really what you, you're going to go out tonight and leave your kids with your husband babysitting or your partner babysitting. You know, it's like, what are you doing? Oh, you're going to give up your well-paid job and go and do something that you have no idea how it's going to turn out. Yeah, but what if it fails? Mm. And that fear of judgment, yeah, if it doesn't work out, is so powerful. It keeps you in such a limited position because you're scared of what your next door neighbour or your partner or your parents or your parents and all are going to say if it fails. And what if it does fail? Is it just a case of just picking yourself up and trying something else? I think that we have to reframe the idea of failure. Okay. Because, you know, I've done loads of things that have, in inverted commas, failed, but I absolutely believe that what most people see as failure I see as a learning opportunity Mm. and for me every single one of those failures is content is knowledge is me developing wisdom that I then have the opportunity to share with my children with my clients with the people on my Instagram feed it's they're just all opportunities to learn And, you know, I talk a lot about the fact that I've worked in every single pizza restaurant in uh, Canterbury. and Which is the best one then? (laughs) I like Pizza Express. You can't go on with Pizza Express. (laughs) I'm a Pizza Express girl. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) Tangent. Carry on. Um, um, You know, and, you know, I left school at 16 whilst my friends were going on to do A-levels and go to university. And a lot of people would deem that to be a failure, and now I'm like, mm, I don't think so. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay, thank you. Yeah. And it's like those decisions at the time, I needed to take every single step was necessary for me to be here doing what I'm doing. And so that failure, it's very unlikely that you are going to make enough Um, um, missteps to lose your house you know Mm -hmm. and even if in my opinion even if you did make so many missteps because I'm talking about you have an experience that hasn't worked out the way that you planned you learn from it yeah if you don't learn from it and you continue to if you carry on making mistakes then you're not learning from it yeah it's very unlikely you know unless there is um, um well I don't know Uh, It's very unlikely that you are going to continue making those same mistakes. But I also think that if the vision is big enough, again, those mistakes, they 
that's your book, you know? Yeah. That's your film. That's yeah. whatever yeah. the big dream is. So I think we just have to reframe the idea that failure is a bad thing and we have to stop giving a shit about what everybody else thinks. Because the idea of me dying in, the, let's say, the next five years. If I died tomorrow, I can't say that I've lived a life that has been limitless. I've been trying, but I haven't done it. But if I died in five years and I knew that I was going to die in five years' time, like, there is a lot to do. I can't care about what everybody else is thinking. And that, for me, is living a limitless life. Just stop caring. Yeah. Um, So you, you run a course and you help, you work with clients. What kind of things have happened with those clients what kind of success stories have happened that you know that you can almost like lay claim to and say that's because I was helping that that woman yes I mean there are loads of business stories you know where people are like oh I started working with you and um, I didn't have any money to pay my rent and then I've had a £10,000 month within six weeks and there's lots of amazing financial stories but for me it's all about impact and the stories that light me up the most are when people change direction when they realize that they were not aligned with the life that they were living and they've had the courage to say this is this is what I want to do and this is how I want to show up in my life whether it is writing a book or starting a podcast all of those types of things have happened but when people say I've dropped comparisonitis and I stopped judging myself, which means that I'm able to share stories in a way that I've never shared before, which means that I have then ended up booked out, which has then meant that I have had more financial freedom. But it starts with those inner changes. Yeah. So it sounds like people almost can't approach things thinking correct me if I'm wrong but they they can't necessarily approach things thinking right I'm going to become rich it's almost or I'm going to become a success it's almost a process that by dealing with things inside themselves and changing the way they're approaching life those things then follow on is that right I find that so I think you absolutely can go into life and business being like I want to be a millionaire and I want to be global da, 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 da. and I love ambition mm. But for me and the people that work the best with me, it's about wanting to connect more deeply with yourself. Right. And it's doing the inner work. And what's quite interesting is that I had somebody, I did like a customer survey the other day, and I asked, who would you recommend this to? And one of the responses was, anyone in business who is not scared of doing the deep work Mm. because I think a lot of people are scared of well it's scary to look inside yourself and confront things and make changes it's quite often easier said than done yeah to look inside yourself and love what you see and a big part of it is accepting you know we are I think people see me and they're like, oh, you're so positive. How are you so positive all the time? Like there is no dark side. 
And for sure, there is a dark side. And the journey that I am on, as all my clients are on, is really saying, do you know what? Sometimes I can be a dick. Sometimes that serves me. And in the past, it has served me. That's not the space that I want to live from right now. Mm -hmm. But that is part of who I am. And the more honest you can get about the parts of you that you deny, that you would rather kind of put on the back burner and pretend they're not there the easier it is for you to show up in your business more fully yeah without worrying that you're going to get caught out or found out yeah and for sure I am not completely there yeah it is I don't think any of us are no no we'd be lying if we said yep that's it we're sorted yeah but that's that that's the stuff that I uh, that's the way that I work with people and I think that for some people it's like I just want to stick to the business bit I just want to stick to the business bit and that's fine and I think that there are lots of very successful people out there who don't do all of the inner work and the mindset work and they're very successful but on a financial perspective yeah but I you know the limitless life is about loving your life and loving who you are in your life and the more you love who you are in your life the easier it is to love who you are and how you're going to show up in your business so to someone listening right now what are the three things that they could do today to help them live a limitless life i think take some time whether it's first thing in the morning i'm I'm a morning person or you really are by the way because (laughs) i quite often wake up look at instagram and you're already on the beach doing a run (laughs) I'm like, this lady is crazy. <laughs> I'm like, it's the best time of the day. So I, because life is so busy and although I am, I think they call it, I'm an ambivert. So I am an extrovert. I like being out there, but I also need my me time. Yeah. And that's the time I get it. So, but not everybody's like that. <laughs> so taking some time out every day, 10, 15 minutes maximum to just get quiet. Some people um, love to meditate. Some people will journal, get their, you know, their, their book out and write. Just how am I feeling? How do I want to feel? And really start connecting with your desires. Once you have an answer to what is it that I want, so I think you can do that on a daily basis, but then also I invite you to think about what's the big picture what would you love for yourself and your life if you weren't scared of failing? And write it down. Because once you acknowledge it and once you see it, you can't unsee it, mm. you know? Yeah. And the third thing that I would recommend is putting yourself in situations and environments in real life or online where you are surrounding yourself by people who are inspiring you and lifting you up so getting rid of the negative people yeah getting rid of the people that make you feel like you're not enough or that you're lacking but how much of that is comparison in terms of something that you need to deal with rather than banishing those people how much of that is actually dealing with I'm still going to allow you to be around me because I need to work on how I'm feeling about you. So I think that it's a little bit of both. And the reframe that I would give to people is um, um, you only ever are put in the line of something that is achievable for you. 
So if you see somebody there who, in inverted commas, is living their best life, you know, <laughs> they're out there doing the thing, you're seeing that because it's possible for you. So rather than feeling um, um, bad or negative about the fact that you're not doing it yet, feel inspired. There's a reason that you're seeing it. Then you can start asking yourself, what would be the next step that I need to take that will take me one step closer to that? So that's the, the work on yourself. But there are some also, particularly online, some super negative people and things. <laughs> there really are. And, you know. Yeah, step away. Step away. Yeah, I think it's okay. I think it's all right to give, you, give, give yourself permission yeah. to unfollow if, if you feel like it's sapping your energy yeah. or your creativity yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, unfollow mute the mute function is wonderful yeah. isn't it because then you don't worry about offending somebody yeah. yeah i'm with you on that yeah well the fourth thing would be stop caring which is really hard it's really hard for me to just say stop caring yeah but i think that when you put yourself in once you've decided on what your big vision is and you use the filter is this thing going to take me one step closer or one step further away from my big vision just make the commitment to always be taking one step closer even if it's a small step even if i guess doesn't matter it, it must compound effect it must scare people you know the, the thought of the journey yeah but actually making that small one step forward is enough 150 percent. one small step every single day you know yeah. You're going to you're gonna be in a vastly different place in a year's time than if you don't take any action at all. I feel so inspired right now. <laughs> good, good. This is amazing. Um, okay. Um, Susie, I've got some quick fire questions for you. What's the ultimate song to run to? Oh my goodness, that is really hard. I am going to say can I be a little bit general? Yes. Anything upbeat by the Black Eyed Peas. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, let's get it started in here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm down with that. Like it. Um, what, piece of, what piece of advice do you wish that you could go back and give yourself when you were a new mum first time round? Um, um, that it's normal to not feel yourself. Mm, that's a good one. Because mm. you really don't feel yourself. Yeah. And we're just trying to, you're never going to be the same again. And I feel that a lot of the times moms are saying, I want to get back to how I used to be. I want to get back to how, let's drop that idea that that is possible. Yeah. You know, you are forever changed. And giving yourself permission to find the new version of you is, I think, important. Yeah. I think that giving yourself permission thing is it's a thread that runs through so much of motherhood isn't mm-hmm. it just allowing yourself to you know do certain things without without that guilt yeah yeah so important um and then lastly Susie um what's uh, been your most embarrassing parenting moment do you get embarrassed you don't strike me as someone who would get embarrassed that often um um I no, I don't. I'm more the embarrassing parent. I'm yeah. like, let's do this. Um, um, what is my most embarrassing moment as a parent? Oh my goodness, I don't know. When have you embarrassed your kids then? Well, <laughs> I embarrassed my son 
on Saturday by making him floss with me to Megan Trainer. <laughs> he was not impressed. He was like, well, I can't believe you made me do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. In the street. We yeah. were in the street. Grown-ups flossing. Kids can't stand yeah. it, can they? Because they're just like, no, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> there was so much going on. We were in the middle of the street. Jerome was filming us. We had the music going on. I'm an adult. He's a child. It's like, yeah, all of the things were going on. So sorry. I, I, I feel for him. I really do. And especially if it's been filmed, then that yeah. means that it's it's out there and, yeah. you know, forever. People can see it. Um, Susie, thank you so much for being my guest today. I have loved chatting to you oh. and I'm feeling super inspired. And I hope everyone else is too. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. up who's feeling inspired after that uh me my hands firmly in there thank you for tuning in um please hop over to itunes where you can subscribe and rate and review the podcast and i'll catch up with you next time the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.